0: Hello, everyone. It's Penny, and I'm back this week with a special guest. Before I introduce her, I do want to say that she is probably one of the most heart centered individuals I have ever met. She is totally service oriented and is really driven to see others have a better life, to be able to create something for themselves that supports them, whatever their dreams might be. My guest today is Amel DeRegi, and I'm gonna read this because it's quite impressive, and I definitely don't wanna mess it up. She's a marketing coach, a speaker, and a podcast host at Tandem Nomads. She helps experts, consultants, and coaches turn their expertise into an effective business model that is location-independent, as the name Tandem Nomads and a marketing strategy that allows them to grow their visibility and level of impact. She speaks on international stages and works with global organizations such as the IMF and the World Food Program on topics related to entrepreneurship and women empowerment. Ranked among the top 2% podcasts globally, the Tandem Nomads podcast show has also been charted at number 1 in the expat category. Every year since 2019 you can also find Amel's work and mission to empower women through entrepreneurship featured on various media such as Forbes magazine Global Living magazine USA and Weekly Woman South Korea. Welcome I'm honored that you've chose to come here and share a bit about your story.
1: Thank you so much for your kind words Penny I can't wait for this conversation with you.
0: So I think that the obvious place to start is what motivated you, what was the drive behind becoming involved in the IMF, the World Food Organization, because those are some very big organizations to take an interest and to invest into with your time and your messaging. Wow, this is such a great
1: question. Actually, I've never been asked this one. So I do have a huge mission purpose somehow through my business, which is empowering people to live up to their full potential and entrepreneurship and marketing on my tools. And I do love to support organizations that actually help other people, especially when it's their employees and the families of their employees to, to grow. And when entrepreneurship is actually one of the topics that these organizations use all in 100% to support them. So it's been a great journey. And I've been very impressed with the work that the World Food, the IMF, the World Bank are all doing to empower their families
0: and their employees. So yeah. You actually got your start in entrepreneurship at a very young age. Is there anything that you would like to share about that? Because it's that first step. On the journey? Yeah,
1: it's, it's a, it's, it, for me, it has been just a journey from that moment, but it's a long story. So I'm going to try to make it very short because the purpose of this conversation is not that. But when I was 14, I ended up living in Uganda. My family and I moved to East Africa, Uganda, in a new school. And I started seeing some issues in the breaks. And I had just gone through a lot of, different countries I was in war zones many times in my life I was in Yugoslavia at the time of the war and in Algeria and I've always been like seeing distress and when we went to Uganda at that point I was already very angry at how adults manage things <laughs> and I actually ended up going to the principal the teacher and telling her you can't keep doing you can't keep letting kids fighting all the over their races and insulting each other and you need to do something about that and she just looks at me and like without saying anything. And then she said, do something about it. (laughs) I was like, what? I was really shocked that she would not not do anything, but also not even take responsibility. But then I realized there is something to that. And I said, okay, I'm going to come back to you with an idea. And I did. The next day I came back with her with an idea that actually really put the school on the map. And if I had to just shorten it, I asked myself, what do bring people together? And I realized it was money food and fun. And I decided to fix a problem in the school, which was not having a place to have lunch. A lot of parents were wow. struggling with that. So we decided to create a micro enterprise in the school to deliver lunch to the students. But to fund that, we started making big parties. And with these parties, we were I was supported by Coca-Cola, the biggest DJ of the town. And that's how I realized how like social entrepreneurship, because that's at the end, what really motivates me, even if I don't call it that way, but also how being able to sell your ideas and market them well can actually really make an impact. So from that age of 14, that's when I knew that I wanted to really specialize in marketing and also impact-driven marketing
0: strategies. Right. It's probably a very broad generalization, but whether it's on a community scale like you were dealing with, a global scale, or even within the microcosm of our own home or family. In my experience, it seems that most entrepreneurs are driven to remedy some type of injustice. And I just want everyone who's listening to this to take a moment. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, YouTube, on my website, then you are privileged enough that not having to worry about having lunch when you were at school or when your kids are at school, them not having access to something to eat, that's probably something that we've never had to deal with. I know I haven't. And I think that shift to decide to be the solution to the problem is a mindset that all entrepreneurs have. So how did did that lead into Tandem Nomads? What was the inspiration for Tandem Nomads and the mission that you have there specifically around women? Again, another big story, but I will try to make it short. But basically,
1: I've been living my whole career in advertising and marketing, and I was always specialized in social impact somehow in all the agencies I worked for. And I was really settled in France after traveling my whole life, and I was ready to never move again until I went to Iran on holidays, met with the man of my life, decided to marry him and move to Iran. And that's when I realized I was not going to be able to keep my career and I had to start my business to be able to, to continue to live on the move because my husband has a job that keeps him moving from a country to another. So I've been a consultant in marketing for many years, again, focused on social impact. But while doing that, moving from a country to another, there were two things. The first one was that I felt lonely in my journey as an entrepreneur because Nobody understood what it was to keep up with a business and making it sustainable through transitions and geographical transitions. So I really had to figure out on my own how to make my business portable. And I became very obsessed from the beginning and how to do that. And the second one was that I met a lot of women like me who gave up their careers to move on the move, to live on the move. And they were desperate and they often ended up in either depression or sometimes stuck in a bad marriage. And those are the things that really bothered me. And I sometimes just wanted to shake them. I said, you don't have to give it up. (laughs) So I tried to figure out how to do that, how to spread that message. And that's when I discovered podcasting and decided to start a podcast to share that entrepreneurship is the solution to dual career challenges. So I launched the podcast a year after that. The podcast took off and I started having requests on how to do that. So I gave up the consulting and developed Tandem Nomads. But since then, my audience has grown beyond the expat world and I actually help people line their life, their business with their life priorities, no matter if they have to live on the move or not.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that I'm, as I expand my circles in my network, as more and more, I call them high level entrepreneurs, but people who've broken the multi seven figure mark and up, I have noticed that there are many who embrace this building your business in a way that it aligns with your life priorities instead of making your life fit in around the business but there's still a lot of clinging to that it has to be hard work it has to be hustle you have to sacrifice what are your feelings around that
1: oh my god you and me
0: know that we've been
1: part of the same programs and through your work i think you do that a lot as well I don't believe in sacrifice anymore. Like when I was younger, I knew that was the val- The highest value was to be determined, ready to sacrifice everything for the thing that mattered to you, matter to make it, to succeed, whatever the success is. Um, but I don't believe in sacrifice. I believe in an alignment. And I think we have you and me, this common keyword alignment. Yes. And alignment comes from a place of knowing what you really want and what are your non-negotiables and making sure that we... S- you sit down and lay out all those non-negotiables and how to make things work together. And I think this is really important. And then also knowing what are our trade-offs, what needs to go. I think this is the highest, one of the most difficult decisions to make as an entrepreneur, but also an important one to be able to be aligned. At some point, some things need to go. And finally is also about knowing how to build our support system, especially for women. We tend to think that we have to carry the whole world on our shoulders. When actually we need to learn how to ask for help and to actually demand sometimes the help we are deserving to be able to achieve what we want to achieve and live up to our full potential.
0: Yeah. I don't know about your family, but my mother in particular grew up in a generation where as women joined the workforce or my mother owned a beauty salon, she would go and physically work all day five days a week and manage the household, right? As kids, we helped her, but there was that expectation. And in my opinion, taking care of kids, managing a household, that is a full-time job in and of itself. And I feel like we're starting to break away from this notion that women have to be and do everything and we can have our success and enjoy it and there's nothing wrong with calling in support and calling in help. And I see that with a lot of people they start to get burned out because we have these stories inside that well if it's going to get done right I have to be the one to do it or we fear losing control and maybe we're holding on a little too tight and micromanaging and it can be uncomfortable to let go of some aspects of a business and turn them over to team. Because when you've built something from the ground up, it's your baby and you're protective of it. When you work with clients, what are some of the pieces of wisdom or advice that you share with them around that to overcome it?
1: So my clients are business owners. And one of the things that happened uh very often that leads to overwhelm is to to try out every strategy that every person tells you to do, <laughs> right? And having the influence' from here and social media and so many resources out there to try this, try that. And then we ended up a lot of them end up scattered and all over the place. And this is why on top of the already premise we set about how our society works, on top of it, we had a huge layers of, of overwhelm that's due to not being consistent and being scattered all over the place with our strategies. But also the other one is to use the strategies that work for other people, but don't necessarily work for us. So what I really am focused on is to not copy paste cookie cutter strategies on my clients, but rather finding those that work for them and the market they're in and figuring out how to make it work for them so that they can be consistent, Mm -hmm. because the worst thing that can happen to a business is lack of consistency. And that's what drives the up and downs in a business, but also the overwhelm.
0: Right. All of the different tools and techniques are definitely overwhelming to people who are newer, which is why clarity is so important. I recently started a business mentorship, and that is like one of the fundamental principles I lay out to people. This is how a business functions. This is what you have to have a successful business. Now let's take a look at what you want to achieve and let's see how to create something that is aligned, that meets those fundamentals so that you can have profit, revenue, and scale. As entrepreneurs at some point, we all have challenges. We come across something in our lives that will challenge our mindset challenge our emotional resiliency and ability to handle things. A little over a year ago, you had one of those challenges and we talked about this before we hit record. And I just want you to share a little bit about this challenge that you had and you did something that's so typical of so many entrepreneurs and basically what unfolded after that which led to you and I connecting
1: yeah so a little bit over a year and ago my father passed away and the thing is that he's also passed away after seven years of being sick knowing that the two last years of his life were very difficult and I had prepared my journey I thought I had prepared myself for that because I just want to touch point on that one, because I think it's important to the work we did together. I got a therapist and I worked on my business to align it so that I can actually be present for my family. And it was I was like, wow, and my actually my business grew in the last year where he actually passed away because he passed. I don't want to go too much into details, otherwise it will start bawling, but I'm still good enough to talk about it because it's important. It happens to a lot of people. If I can share that and help, it would be great. So he passed away. And right after I was really doing fine, actually, my business was booming and I was on the go and I felt almost, oh, now I can actually focus on myself. Although I was sad, right? And then I started doing things that mattered to me, which was connecting with family and friends. So I took six months off and just traveled the world. And I planned my business to be able to only work six months and then go around for six months and have fun. And then once I came back from my sort of half past, uh, half-time sabbatical, I came back home and I was just not able anymore to function. It was just, I was just it was just insane. I couldn't even wake up and get out of bed. Or even when I did force myself, because I'm good at that, forcing myself, I was just not functional. And I was like, what's wrong with me? It was honestly one of the hardest thing ever that happened to me to not be able to function and not physically, but actually my brain was just not following and it led to so much and it lasted. That's the problem. It lasted for a couple of months or I don't know how many months between that moment and the moment I reached out to you, but it was starting to affect me and my business. Although the good things that I had built systems in place so that I can take myself out of the business, but I can't do it for a whole year. I had already taken myself out of the business for six months while things were still rolling and clients were coming in, but it was just a very scary t- place to be. And that has led to also, I have to tell you something. I think I didn't tell you, Penny, but the loss of confidence was just so big that I did something I didn't tell you, but I think it would be relevant in terms of pricing, because you know how confidence can affect uh, pricing. And I was redoing my packaging and then setting up the prices. And then, after, and then I looked at actually my prices before and actually, my confidence has gotten me to drop my prices by 50% or wow. 40 something. I'm like, wow, this is how bad things are. Like I, I lost so much confidence in myself that I'm going to, I'm actually reducing my prices, although the, the service and the quality is still the same. So it's amazing how the mind trick can trick us into believing certain things when things don't go well. Yeah. Is that, I don't know if you want me to go deeper or you want to, take this but this is what happened yeah and that that got me to reach out
0: yeah i think there there were a few things there now just to clarify what when your father transitioned you were launching through that right oh i was
1: functioning so i did talking about aligning business and lifestyle i did not do traditional launches but i was having clients coming in yes at the beginning right yeah. when he
0: passed away yeah did you take time after To allow yourself to grieve.
1: I took a month off to relax. Yeah. I took a month voluntarily. Like it was not like I felt forced. (laughs) I took a month. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some people will take time off and some people keep pushing through because the business can actually become a distraction Mm -hmm. to the feelings underneath. And thank you for answering that. I know it's a difficult subject for you, but the forcing through things. A lot of people do that. And when we're having to force ourselves, it's worth taking a step back to see what are we really feeling? Is there resistance here? Because sometimes it's procrastination, but something that you said that I hear from a lot of people, you said, you asked what's wrong with me. And that question can come up long before we get the point to the point where we feel like we've hit the point of no return. So if you're having moments where you're asking yourself, my God, what's wrong with me? I don't understand. Then you have these peaks and valleys. It's a sign that there's something there that you can address and deal with. Now, I remember when you when you reached out, you were really in a challenging place and to go to something that I'm pretty, pretty passionate about, is I do my best to not ever tell my clients what to think. I try to teach people how to think better, to ask themselves better questions, but I do my best to not tell people what to do or what to think. And sometimes, and this goes to say that everyone who is a coach, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know it's not a hundred percent true, but most people who become coaches and have coaching programs and those kinds of things, it's all from the heart. It's to serve. It's to give people a new way of seeing things to be better and to do better. But sometimes no matter how well-intentioned those things are when we hear this advice when we hear these points of view it can cause us to question and doubt what we feel inside because what's aligned for us you use that word earlier alignment what is aligned for us may not necessarily mm-hmm. be in alignment with the message that they're given despite the best of intentions what would you have to say about that I do think that
1: like the fact that we are so passionate about what we do is an amazing asset Mm -hmm. and a curse at the same time, (laughs) sometimes. So it's really important while we look for alignment, while we look for purpose to also not find all our joy and purpose through just our business. Exactly. And I think this is the biggest learning that I had in the past year or two was to make sure that I don't put all my source of joy and fulfillment into my business. And it's been my business, my business has, especially Tandem Nomads, has been my baby for seven years now and full of mission and fulfillment. It brought me so much joy. And if I have to say how much grateful I am to the clients that I have who actually made this difficult journey actually still fulfilling if i didn't have my business i don't know how i would have managed the difficult times i've been through but it's really important to figure out first of all other areas and venues of joy and happiness and alignment but also how to make sure to not fluctuate our emotions and our state of mind and our energy according to how the business is fluctuating because the reality is There's, I don't know a lot of business owners who had a linear journey. I wonder if that exists. (laughs) So the business entrepreneurial journey is full of ups and downs. And the higher we go, the better we get, the bigger the challenges. So we need to not, it's a hard exercise, but not a lot, not mirror our energy, not mirror our well-being to just the business. And I think that's a hard exercise to do, but I think that's something that I'm definitely more and more aware of and working on.
0: Yeah. I think that not being attached and not making the business and like you say, an extension of who you are. I tell people your business is a machine and it's there to support you and you learn how to fine tune and run, run that machine. So when you and I connected, you were really in a place where you were frozen would you want to share about that a little bit? Frozen to the point where I couldn't do
1: anything. I couldn't do the simplest tasks that I usually do. Let only the fact that I was planning to rebrand and I'm actually, I was planning to do a lot of new things that I had to stop everything. So I couldn't do the day-to-day business and I couldn't do the forecasting the vision working all the things about the future that we tend to do as an entrepreneur it's always about what's the next step it was starting to become painful and it's a very vicious circle that leads to even more disappointment more discouragement more demotivation leads to more procrastination because you're just like it's really a a snowball effect somehow yeah so I got to the point where I couldn't do anything I just I was literally lying on the couch and not being able to function.
0: What do you feel, which, hmm. excuse
1: me, which is so not me. (laughs) That's the thing. So it's even more scary. And that's why I was saying, who am I like, what's wrong with me? Right. This is not me.
0: I, and I remember you, you were really focused on the, what's wrong with me. And that's one of the things we worked on, just like in the general coaching piece of the hypnosis work we did together was to reframe that piece. A lot of people, and this is true for some situations, this is true for some issues, that hypnosis, like one session, two sessions, but for some people, depending on what you have dealt with in your life and or the way the mind has just like connected beliefs and, and, and things that don't necessarily make sense together, sometimes the transformation is not as rapid because knowing that hypnosis is fast, we can go into it going, oh, okay, after one session, I should feel so much better. After two sessions, I should feel so much better. It was probably four or five weeks, I think, before you really felt the transformation beginning to take place. And I say beginning because once we experience that transformation then we actually have to build upon it with our actions and seeing the outcomes and rebuilding that confidence that comes from actually going out and doing things. Would you mind talking a little bit about what that felt like? Because at times I could feel your feel your frustration and I understood it at the same time.
1: Wow, yeah. So It's true. It took quite a bit to start seeing transformation. However, every session brought a bit of relief too. So I was actually looking forward to every session, but I know that I was more frustrated because I wanted to get to the more, the visionary part of the work, like the next step of my business part of the work. And I kept telling you, so why do I do that? And you're like, no, you have so much more to unravel, right? Before you, and I realized that actually While I thought I'd be working, when I came to you, I didn't even know that the problem was actually the grief. I didn't even, actually, even if I told you that was a problem, I think I didn't realize it. So there was so much work to do before even being able to see transformation to actually go through the grief, but not just the grief. The grief was an opening to a lot of things, past traumas, and a lot of the stories that actually, I'm surprised that I could actually go so far when I think about it with the stories I had.
0: (laughs) Those stories are what motivated and moved you. That's what set things in motion for you. But then there comes a point where they become limiting and to be fully transparent. When I connect with clients, I don't all, I can see a pattern, but I don't, I I don't have the ability to be in the mind and actually see what seems to be the linchpin, as we say here in the U.S., the one thing that will unlock it all. And it's just a process of going with what you bring and working through that. And with everything that came with working through the grief, like I could just see things opening up and falling away. And I remember when you and I were wrapping things up, you're like, I feel like I finally healed enough that now Mm -hmm. I can begin to work on the identity, which is identity is a huge thing I'm a part of. But when we look at identity, there's always this gap between the identity of where we are and the identity of where we desire to be. And that subconscious work accelerates bridging that gap. Do you have thoughts on that? I don't have, you summarized it really well in in that way,
1: but I do think that it's really important to to understand and I'm, what is this journey of going through, especially with hypnosis. We think that it's like a magic wand and I honestly was hoping it would be a magic <laughs> formula that would just fix it all for me. But I know one thing and one thing I know that I was committed to is to actually put the work into it And that the work was also between the sessions. And I think that's important to say as well. And on top of the work that we did together, you also gave me a lot of things to work on in between to stay committed to the process of grief. And and once the grief was done, then we were ready to talk about the identity, which was the part that was most excited. I'm like, I want to build this identity to get to where I want to be next. But that was not possible without working on the grief and the stories. But I do think that it's important to commit to the process. And it's not yeah. you're doing your best. But at the end of the day, it's a teamwork.
0: Unfortunate yeah. that at this stage, by the time people reach out to me, committed already, to whatever yeah. has to happen in, in between. So talking about that identity, talking about that future vision with this newfound sense of purpose, of motivation, this reconnection to yourself and your passion, where is this taking you?
1: It's been just amazing, first of all, in in terms of just finding myself again, that's already a first step, but then also seeing, being able to see myself moving forward, which I wasn't able anymore to do by the time I reached out to you. So Just energetically, my whole energy was completely different by the time we had finished our work together. I was more present. And it's interesting, as soon as our energy is different, suddenly things started happening without even putting effort into it. And I think that's what I knew the signal that I was in the right direction somehow, that the work we've done together has actually been really helpful in shifting my energy without having to actually put a lot of efforts into some of the things that just came up to me. Yeah.
0: What is your vision for the future?
1: My vision for me, my business or, okay. Okay. So
0: all of it, Where you (laughs) see yourself going to the degree that you're ready to talk about it, because I know some things are under wraps and anybody who's in business understands what that means and it's not gatekeeping. So, yeah.
1: So the big vision, no matter how long it would take, it's all about creating a platform to empower change makers. So this is something that I'm really passionate about because I know how mission-driven entrepreneurs and change makers is so much about social impact. The problem is that They either don't have the right strategies to actually make the impact they want to make, but also they tend to give up on themselves. And I'm really passionate about empowering them to take care of themselves or their own revenue so that they can have even a bigger impact in the world and a more visible impact. And I do it through my tools, which is marketing and business consulting and coaching. But I also think that there's a range of other tools that I could bring like a platform that brings like an all-in-one place for them to be able to gather all the knowledge, but also the know-how and most important the community to be able to not only make a bigger impact in the world, but also make sure that they don't forget themselves under the way and also be able to create the wealth that they want for themselves so that they can give it back to the world.
0: And I'm just going to be completely forthright with you here. I look at the network that you've been able to build over your life and it's inspiring and I sit here and I think, you know what, here you are, you're 52 years old and it's only been in the last six months to a year that I am learning to grow that network because I I never had a family it's everything is very local here it's very rural there was an uproar when i became a nurse and i moved 35 miles away to another town it's like why don't you just stay stay home and drive to your job down there much less when i moved to connecticut and even when i moved to connecticut it was still close-knit with community and i think that for any entrepreneur listening to this if you're newer to business Build that network, yeah. get to know people, and especially allow that network to be outside of your zone of genius. Right now, I'm experiencing most of my growth by networking with people who are in digital products, they're in e-commerce, they build software as a service, they're building virtual reality programs, and it gives me a whole different take on what I can create with what I'm doing here with this hypnosis practice. Is there anything you would want to add to that?
1: A hundred percent, community is everything. Build your support system. And I think that support system is a series of things, like starting from home, starting from home building our support system by making sure that our families, even the kids, when you have kids, are contributing to, to this growth. And a lot of my clients, I really encourage them to involve their kids and their partners in their business so that they can understand what mommy or dad is working on. And the, there's the nuclear level, but then there's a the macro level when it's about being part of the industry. If you want to make an impact, you need to be one of the experts in your industry, so for you to do that, you have to know who are the other experts. You need you need to know what are the places where your clients actually go for information and resources. But in between is about creating your community as well, the community of people who you will support or will support you back to grow. And that's really important. And for that, you also need to be interested. Uh, and even if there is no financial reward or business reward, you need to care and be interested for that to actually work, and not just go strategically there. I think that's the right. biggest thing that I want to emphasize right. on. It, it doesn't work on
0: relationships. Exactly, true, true relationships, and it's. I've always been an introvert, and it's you know if. To see things grow the way that you want them to grow, it's relationships, it's, which may or may not lead to partnerships, may or may not lead to clients, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Even just being connected to other people who understand the growth that you're going through and, and you can look at where they are and say, okay, I can do this too. I'm going to let you wrap it up anything that you would like to share and then let people know where they can connect with you, be it on social media, the website?
1: Yes, sure. With pleasure. First of all, I want to say thank you, Penny, because it's just been amazing to have you by my side during these difficult times. And I keep talking about you and sharing your references to anyone who's been through any type of struggles of this type. But I want to thank you for that. So whoever's listening, if you're hesitating, I think you should definitely try it out. It does, no matter what, I think it's about really investing in the support we need to be able to get faster results and not stay stuck in that gluey place. So that's the first thing. And in terms of wrap it up, so yeah, if you are a business owner and looking for support to align your marketing strategy with your life and your priorities, don't hesitate to come to me. The best place to find me is to go to tandemnomads.com. You might be redirected to a new name very soon <laughs> as I'm in the middle of rebranding my business. And But go to tandemnomads.com and you'll find all my information there. I'm also very active on Instagram and LinkedIn. So look for my name, Amel, that I on LinkedIn. But if you want something real quick to help you figure out how to make sure to build consistency, then I have a free workbook for you that's called the 3C, like how to implement the 3Cs in your business to be able to grow your revenue and impact. And to find it, go to tandemnomads.com 3C.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing your story because it's very inspiring and To know you the way that I know you, you're going to have a very big impact in this world. I will sit back and watch and wait to see how you continue to build upon what you've already created. It means
1: the world to me. Thank you, Penny. Thank Thank you. you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Destiny. I would love to know what resonated most with you. So just take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at penny.chason and let me know what you thought. Also, if you head over to iTunes and you leave a positive review, it helps this podcast to help reach even more people making a difference, elevating humanity and mankind.